0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, here we go. We're we're talking probably the talk that that no one wants to hear when they come to church. It's the thing when you come to, and we all want to hear those big praise points and live in this big faith expectation and have God moving directly in our lives. But I'm going to talk this morning about that word, which endurance. Don't we just love endurance? It's those times when we want God to turn up and we're looking for him and we just can't seem to find him and we have to endure. Um, when you've lived a bit of life, you tend to look at the seasons and the seasons we have, and some of them are just awesome. In fact, all of them are awesome. But some of the times when you just have to hang in there and just hang in there there's some synonyms for endurance. There's stamina if you're a sportsman. There's strength if you like going to the gym. There's courage if you like jumping off cliffs. There's capacity if you want to hold more of God. And there's one I love, which is intestinal fortitude. There's that strength on the inside which just says, no matter what happens, I am not giving up. I've got a faith, and my faith says that God is real, and because God is real, I know he's real, so I am not giving up no matter what comes my way. This is the decision I've made. I've made the decision that God is real. If he's real, that means my faith is real and that means I'm going to stand with him no matter whether I feel it or I don't, no matter what I see it or I don't, God is real. Oh, by the way, too, I I probably have to say this as a bit of a caveat that we have got toilet paper in the toilets this morning. (laughs) Um so I haven't seen the videos but ladies we don't have to fight over the toilet paper this morning there's plenty there so we don't have to run out and actually um, I probably shouldn't do this but I'm going to do this anyway my daughter leaned across this morning and said we were watching a movie the other day and I thought I've got to write this down i just got to write this down because it's really meaningful if nothing else this morning remember this You probably all know this anyway, I didn't know it. Why was the mushroom funny? Because he was a fun guy. And you're probably going to remember nothing else I've said except for that this morning. Um, What do you you call a dare with no ideas? Oh, sorry, with no eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm terrible at telling jokes. Yes. To, to let everyone know that all man bags and handbags will be checked on the way <laughs> <laughs> T- tell me I, I'm a little bit lost here why are we why is there such a rush on toilet paper no, people are sending it overseas they're sending it overseas ah so they're actually on mission, they're actually doing something good are they anyway that's, that's blown where I was going to um If I was to ask everybody this morning, what would you count the two most important things in your Christian life? What would you count the number one thing? Anybody? You haven't got it wrong. You're not gonna get it wrong. I count number one as faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So number one thing is faith. We have to have faith. But if we're living our life of faith, then probably the next most important thing I would say for us is endurance because an enduring faith will see the promise. If we have faith, but we don't have the endurance, we're just gonna be like a flash in the pan, that, that, that you're gonna light the match and it's gonna sit there in your hands for a few seconds and it's gonna go out really quick. But with endurance, the faith will rise and the endurance will propel your faith into the promise. And that's what we need to have this morning. We have to have the endurance that says, no, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and this is where I'm going. If we're gonna have relationship, we have to have faith. You know, Pastor Byron has been speaking the last couple of weeks about David, King David. And he's been talking a lot about when he was, met Goliath. And we all know that he gave Goliath a big headache and then he, he cut off his head. Um, but then he goes on and, and he lives this life of seven to 10 years where he's stuck in caves and, and King Saul is pursuing him. And he walks this walk of endurance where he finds himself, as I said, living in caves, living with scoundrels. And King David te- manages to walk this, this walk of endurance to the end and he sees the result because he had faith, he was anointed and his endurance propelled him to the promise when he became king. What would happen if he'd never endured that story well? What would be the end result? Well, for us, the endurance will propel us into our destiny. David walked in humility, which he learnt in the caves, he learned of forgiveness in the caves. debating whether to say this next bit or not you know the the, our, our endurance I was thinking what's the the end result of if we don't have endurance and for me the end result result is when we don't have endurance at all is when we check out when we decide to end our life when we decide to to suicide the very the worst bit of endurance you could have is you manage to check out but I was reading something the other day and it said suicide does not end the chances of life getting worse It does not stop life getting worse. Suicide eliminates the possibility of of it ever getting better. And the same with us with our endurance. That's taken to the nth degree. But if we don't endure, we negate God's promises. And it gives, it takes the, I suppose, the the power out of God's hands in some ways. And it it takes away the, the thought that life is ever gonna get any better. Because we're gonna live in this this place where we can't endure what's going on in our lives. So for you this morning, you might not be going to check out, but can I encourage you to endure what you're going through because it opens up the possibility of getting better. Do not sit where you are. God's promises are yes and amen. The the promises says, by faith, we're going to obtain the promise. That means if we endure through the process, we will obtain the promise. That is what's gonna happen for our lives. And sometimes the promise isn't exactly what we're asking for, but we know from it's coming from God, so we know it's good, and we know it's the right thing. So i like to read Hebrews 12, verses one to five. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us. Can I have a look at that? Run with... Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, not for everyone else, but the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of, of a faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Thank you, Lord, for that scripture, Lord, from you, Lord, that that empowers us, it gives us the ability to endure, that we do not grow weary and we do not lose heart. Some of us are sitting here and saying, you don't know my situation. No, I don't. But I have someone here who does. God does. And so don't lose heart. Whatever situation is good, God knows your situation. I don't know the physical pain. I don't know the emotional pain, but God does. And we can trust Him that he's going to lead us through to a place of fulfilment of exactly the promise that he has for us. From 1 Corinthians 10 verses 11 to 15 it says, Therefore, let let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We do not have to do it on our own. Can I encourage you, when times gets tough, the world gives us options where we turn to to dull the pain. It gives us options to step out of the pain. It gives us options to turn to things we don't have to think about anymore. But can we make the conscious decision to not turn to what the world says, but to take the decision to turn back to what God says, to look into his promises, to look where he wants to lead us, to look what he says over our lives and make the decision to turn to that. That word enduring. You know, we all know the name Martin Luther King. And one of his guiding principles was, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Can we make the decision in our endurance, we do not sit down. We do not make the decision just to sit and endure the pain because God never wants us to sit and endure in the pain. He wants us to get up and He wants us to walk through the pain, to walk through the, the place where we have the fulfillment of what He wants us to be and who He wants us to be. You all know Martin Luther King. gave, g- overcome fierce opposition. Made those huge speeches which we all remember. What would happen if he'd sat back when he couldn't run and he just sat down instead of walking and when he couldn't walk because the people were pushing him back so so hard he, he chose just to crawl into the promises of what, what he wanted to see and look at the transformation he made in a nation quite often to us think of oh if only God and He spoke to me clearer if only I was smarter if only I was healthier if only I had a different upbringing we can all look back But can we choose, like Martin Luther King, to not look back so much, but to look forward to the promises of what can be in our lives? We all fall into the comparison trap. I know many people who portray these lives as success. We all have, well, probably all have Instagram and Facebook here. And we all have these Facebook and Instagram moments where everything is perfect. Everything is rosy. I'm driving the flash car. I've got perfect health. I've just finished the marathon, whatever it may be in, in our lives. But if we go back through, those, through the highlight reels, I wonder what the other Instagram posts look like, that post where you wake up in the morning, girls, before your hair's done, before your makeup's on, and you're just getting out of bed. I don't see many Instagram posts like that, or well, men, I I don't see many Instagram posts who we've been putting together the flat packs <laughs> and we've never looked at the, the designs or the, what we're supposed to and there's this big pile of screws on the side and this, this thing's standing there and we're scratching our head. I don't see those posts. But maybe the posts we should be putting up, the reality of life, because that's where God is. God's not in the flash Instagram posts, He's in the reality of life and that's what we've got to remember. So my first point is endure- my first point, or my second point, I suppose, is enduring the pain. Studies show that talent only accounts for thirty percent of our achievements. The biggest impact is mental toughness, which means the ability to endure. They carried out studies in America for cadets who entered the military, and the ones who made it through basic training and, and there's a school they call which is Beast Barracks. I've never heard of it before, but um, we're the fittest ones who are sent. And, and when they get through this school, they're, they're supposed to have made it. Well, they, they did a study, and it, and it wasn't the strength or the smarts or leadership potential that accru- accurately predicted whether or not a cadet would finish this beast barracks. Instead, it was grit, the perseverance and the passion to achieve long-term goals that made the difference. All of us, every single one of us, cry out for comfort. But what we really need is courage. Comfort, courage. If you're not going to write anything down else this morning, write two points down, comfort or courage. What is my choice in life? Because if we sit back in comfort too long, we're just going to go to sleep. If we take courage and step in, we're going to overcome some obstacles. If we never went through the stretch, we would never learn what faith is. In the absence of answers, quite often that is where faith is born. And I wonder what God is building in our lives. Sure enough, I know the enemy comes in, he puts stuff on us, which if it's not from, from God, we tell it to get off in Jesus' name. I think there's some children at the back too. Andrew, I think one. Um, there's, now I've lost my train of thought. In the absence of answers, faith is born. And in that faith that's born out of the absence of answers, that's where we obtain the promise. So we're willing to go to that place where we're willing to grow the faith to get the answers. Endurance is all about your habits and our motivation. What is, so what has God given us? Um, I know He's given us some things to help us through. He's given us the belt of truth, which is God's word. We have to believe that this belt of truth doesn't fail us and, and it's true. And if we stand on God's word, His promises are yes and amen. The breastplate of righteousness. Well, we don't don't sin, we don't fall into temptations. I know we all do that, but we don't live in temptations. We don't live in sin. We, We give it over to God and it's gone. He sees us as righteous before him. The gospel of peace, peace means wholeness. Not just peace, not just a physical thing. It means wholeness in our lives. He's promised us wholeness. The shield of faith and that shield of faith, if you know the story about the Roman shields, they weren't steel, they were leather. And what they would do before battle is that they'd dip them in water um, so so that they were damp because the enemy would fire fire fiery darts at them. Small little darts used to come in and they'd hit their shield and they'd catch fire. And so the shields would would burn out so they'd have to drop their shields. And so they they were open for attack. But what are we dipping our shields in today? There's many things we can dip it in, but we should be dipping it in the shield of faith into God's word grabbing his promises and put when it put it up the fiery darts the enemy will not get through because God's word is our shield has been dipped into his word and it knows the promises and so no matter what he throws at us it does not get through that shield but when was the last time you dip your shield in the water when was the last time you dip your shield in the, the word of God when was the last time you dip your shield in the promises of God so that when the when the fiery darts do come when you put your shield up it's ready and it's able to hold back those fiery darts we wonder why the darts get through, and quite often it's because we haven't had the time, taking the time to dip our shield to where it's, fo- it's covered. It's damp, and it doesn't, it doesn't get affected by the fiery darts. The helmet of salvation, the battlefield is in our minds, but don't let the enemy hold you captive, because salvation is freedom. You know, life can wear us down. I, how many here are Queenslanders? Oh, a few. Let's call us cane toads. Well, you know how you kill a cane toad. I, I was I was looking at it something in, at last or during the week, and I was reading about. It and I always thought to kill a cane toad, you put it in the freezer. That was supposed to be the most humane thing to do. Is, is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I found out that it used to be a long time ago, but then they banned it because they figured out that when you put a cane toad in the freezer, it's it actually feels getting frozen, and it's inhumane to kill a ta- cane toad in the freezer. But lo and behold, someone did a big study. They they took some sensors and they they put them in cane toads' brains. And they found out that if you put a cane toad in the fridge, it actually goes to sleep. It still can move slightly, but it goes to sleep. And then when you put it in the freezer, the act of dying, which is very, very, very slow, it does not feel a thing. None of the pain receptors or anything go off. So it's a very humane way to kill cane toads. So it's Queenslanders. I wonder what the enemy does to us. He puts this stuff in us where we go to sleep. It's slowly over time. When things are bad or things are good, we'll, we'll slowly accept things that aren't quite God's promises. Slowly, bit by bit by bit, the temperature goes down in our lives. And it gets down to a state where we don't feel anymore. It gets to a state where the enemy can just put us in the freezer and we just go to sleep. And we're useless for anything. In fact, some of us die and some of us never come back. Can we make the decision we're not going to let ourselves grow cold? We're not going to let ourselves be lulled by the enemy into a sense where life isn't going our way, where the endurance says no matter if things are tough, I refuse to let the enemy put me down. I'm not going to go into the fridge or the freezer. I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to stand so he's not going to lull me to sleep, but I'm going to endure what he's got put for me. What the enemy hasn't got for me, what God's got for me. Can you imagine Jesus on the cross? That moment of death when he died. And for all intents and purposes, there was no victory. The, the disciples had seen him, all these promises which they thought were going to happen, none of them had happened, and the, the, their savior's dead. And they're standing there what was their, their point of all this when almost everybody left and there was only a few standing around? If you'd looked at that snapshot of time, you would have said that Jesus was a failure. But we all know what happened. We all know He conquered sin and death. We all know He went down to Hades. We all know He got up and He, he was resurrected again in His physical body and then that physical body went to heaven. But in that slap, snapshot of time, they would have had to endure it, all the thoughts and the, the, the things going around their minds saying everything we've believed up to this point is not true but they endured. The internal internal voice looks at all our failures, but I find it a bit of a paradox that God cannot find our failures when we bring them to the cross. The only person that can hold on to our failures is us. And quite often when we go to enduring, we hang on to the failures and we hang on to the pain, we hang on to the problems, but let's take it to the cross. Because the paradox is when we take it to the cross, it disappears and it's like it was never there anymore. You do not have to endure forever. A few tactics I wrote down. First, see yourself as God sees you through the endurance, through the tough times. Accept as grace, will be willing to show grace in the tough times. For in 2 Corinthians 12:9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Look and meditate on his promises. Look and meditate on his promises. Meditate on his promises. Have them going around in your mind daily, all through the day. Forgive as Jesus has forgiven you, and don't worry about looking for the emotions of forgiveness. Just make a decision, I'm going to forgive. Because if we keep on forgiving, eventually the emotions will catch up with your faith statements, and the forgiveness will come. And keep moving forward. Once again, King David, as we've heard about when he was in the cave. He made the decision, no matter what happened, he was not going to back off. He was going to keep pressing into the promise of what God had to him. Once again, the seed of promise, planted endurance, will bring breakthrough. Breakthrough. God does not expect us to live in failures or loss. That is not His expectation at all. He expects us to be overcomers. Even in the times of our failures or our endurance, He expects us to be overcomers, and He's given us everything that we need to be overcomers. For my God is a God of breakthrough. He's not a God of just leaving us in a situation where we have to tough it out. My God is a God of breakthrough. My God is a God of more than enough. My God is the one who stood up and calmed the storm. Now, actually, I was wondering when I was saying this and, and I had this thought about calming the storm. I wonder how many times Peter, when he went to a, to a stream or went and had a bath, I wonder how many times he just got his foot and just said, Is it going to work again? <laughs> do, you th- do you ever think that? We he went up to a stream or went up to the Sea of Galilee or again to go fishing? Before he went fishing, he actually took his foot and said, God, are you there? And, and oh, it didn't work. It didn't work this time. But you know what? Even though once. He succeeded and he walked on water. When he went to the next time, I don't don't read about him walking on on water again unless he did in private, but he never walked on water again. But I can't see that that held him back. He just kept on pursuing the promise over and over again. See, a seed that's planted and watered by faith, it'll produce fruit. It produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, there's a, um, a scripture, and we all know the scripture, it's in Habakkuk 3 17 to 18. Though the fig tree does not, this is a different version, blossom, and there be no fruit on the vine, though the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no fruit, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes I don't feel anything. But I rejoice in my Saviour. And do you know what happens? The feelings come back. I make the decision, even when it's tough, to worship Him, to praise my God, and the feelings come back. Because the trouble is, if we try and figure it out, this is H.J. Bellis wrote this statement, once you think you have everything figured out and clear, sailing is all you can see in your future. Life throws you a curveball. And no matter how fast or how slow it comes to you, you have to decide in a split second If you will catch it, or allow it to destroy you, or will you turn to the side and let it pass you by? But so many of us decide to catch it. We catch the things that the enemy throws at us. And maybe if you've caught something that wasn't really meant for you to hold on to, maybe you need to consciously say that thing that's come in my life. I'm not going to hold on to it longer. I'm going to. It's gone. I refuse to catch that thing any longer. I don't want it in my life. Now that's that's enduring the pain. But for us, there's another sort of endurance, and that's enduring the promise. You know, the, if, if what we learn in the pain, and, and you have to know that there's an endurance with pain, but there's an also a very big endurance for promise. If you wanted to do anything significant for God in your life, no matter what that is, you have to be willing to endure in the promise, to be persistent in the promise. The promise is not a, a, a one-second statement. The promise is a lifestyle that we live day by day. I've been involved in lots of ministry, um, street evangelism, ran kids church, ran youth groups, ran intercessors groups, ran prayer groups, did planted courses, did foundations courses, ran home groups, all these things. And, and can I tell you, when, when you turn up and, and sometimes you'll see me even standing here this morning, you know, honest, I, I'm, I'm, before I got up here this morning, I'm asking for Panadol because my head's no good. But just because your head's no good does not mean you stop and you don't do what you wanted to do. It doesn't mean you slow down and where you're going. Because I know no matter how I feel, if I'm faithful and I step into the promise, if if I endure what He wants me to do, then something breaks off my life. I'm standing here now and my head's a whole lot better just standing here now with what I'm doing, you know, don't let the things hold you back. If you've got a call on your life, step into your call. Do not wait. Step in. Always step in. Always step in. There will always be a problem. There will always be a reason why not. Every single time there's a reason why not. But do not listen to the why nots and look at the whys. Why am I doing this? Because there's people who are going to be saved. There's people that are going to be built up. There's a church to be built. There's a God I need to love. There's a life I want to submit to my Saviour. You know, why wouldn't we push him? This is where I say, I wonder if Peter wanted to walk on water again, because I've seen times in my life where God has moved supernaturally and spectacularly in my life. And I wanna to come to the stage where I can put my foot on that water again and I can see it happen again. But I know if I don't keep walking forward, if I know I don't endure and I don't persist, I'm never gonna get that opportunity to step on the water again. Peter kept persisting. And like I said, I wonder as he was going through his life, As he was walking through, preaching to the Gentiles and doing whatever he did with Peter, I wonder if every now and then he just put his foot on the water and said, will you do it for me again? Will you do it for me again? He might not have seen it, but he was asking the question, will you do it for me again? And I'm asking God, God, will you do it for me again? Will you allow those things to come into my life again? Will you allow that breakthrough to happen yet again, Lord? Lord, to see the miracles that we saw in the past, Lord. Lord, will we see it again? That is what we want. Just because you've seen it once doesn't mean you're not going to see it again. For in Galatians 6 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is not weary because we're just depressed. It's weary because we've been doing so much good we're tired. But just because you're tired doesn't mean you're not in God's will. Just because you're tired doesn't mean you're not in His perfect promise for your life. I can't help but think of these missionaries that went all over the world in in the early century, enduring all these hardships just to see one soul saved. But they're in God's perfect will. Can I encourage you, if things aren't going well, does not mean you're not in God's perfect will. Keep pushing into God. Because without faith, it is just impossible to give up. I mean, impossible to please God. I'm gonna read that out again. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Once again, back to the Instagram posts. Most of those sudden in the Bible that we see, I wonder what was going on in the background. You know, the Instagram posts of Moses standing in, in the Red Sea taking the selfie, you know, where the sea parted. But what happened when he was in the wilderness for, for the years, looking after the sheep. I don't see the selfies of that. Noah, when he's on the boat, sitting back in his deck chair, cruising through after the storm had come and he was cruising along with all the animals in the boat. But what about the, the 50 years plus it took to build the boat? Were the selfies there when he was on the, the hammer for 50 years taking the selfies? no. What about Elijah calling down fire from heaven? The selfie of, can you imagine, I wish there was a selfie for that. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Fire coming down from from heaven and consuming the sacrifice. That would have been fantastic. But what about the years before where he's building the man to become the man, to, to, to be able to call down the fire from heaven? Enduring in the promise, enduring and enduring and enduring because he's moving forward into the promise. There's a scripture. and It's Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3. and It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let that let be a promise for your life. If you fulfill the first few bits. Let him fulfil the second few bits—a promise for your life. Everything, in our in our faith walk, comes out of a relationship, which take time and effort. Can we be open and honest this morning with God? What are our expectations this morning? Can you all just close your eyes just for a second? Forget the person that's sitting beside you. Forget what they're doing. And say, okay, God, what are your expectations for me? Personally, what are your expectations for me? What can I do? I have to endure, and I'm not talking about negatively, I'm talking about positively here, that I can step into the promise for you. What faith step do I have to take to lay down something in myself and to step into you that I'm going to end up to the place? where you want me to be. That my expectations are not going to be on the person to my left or to the right. They're not going to be looking to the man behind this pulpit or or whoever it may be. But what are your expectations for me? Is it that I just have to be a, a really good mum to my kids? Is it just I have to be a, a very the, the best worker imaginable that I'm going to turn up 10 minutes early or half an hour early and I'm going to leave 10 minutes late and I'm going to work hard all day? Is it the one who is going to stand up and you're going to give your kids a hug like you never have before. Whatever it is, do you feel like God's laid an expectation on there that you can be a a giver of love? That maybe you can be a carrier of the gospel. Maybe you can be evangelist. Maybe you can just be a good mother, not just, but maybe you can be a good mother. Maybe you can be one that makes millions and millions and millions of dollars and you can sow into the kingdom faithfully. Whatever it is that God's putting upon your life, I pray that you learn, I pray that you learn to stand, that you learn to endure through the tough times. And I pray 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 and I I ask, Lord God, that God, you would give us that intestinal fortitude, that courage, the expectation, Lord God, that you're gonna be with us and you're gonna lead us and guide us. So I pray for fresh courage upon every single person here. I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, would be willing to go through the tough times and the good times, to learn how to endure, but that doesn't mean sitting down, to learn how to endure, to stand up and to press into all that you have for us, Lord, I pray. God, that we might be the people that call down the promises of heaven. We might be the ones that bring to to life the very visions that we have in our minds at this moment, that we might be the ones that step into the promises that we've always wanted, we've always seen and always expected, that we might be the ones to press into all that you have, Lord, I pray. So God, Lord, I pray for your anointing upon every person that's here. I pray for your anointing upon them to stand, above all to stand, Lord, I pray. And even now, Lord, I pray. I ask that, God, the questions that have been asked, Lord, about health, about emotional stability, about finances in our lives. I pray and I ask, Lord God, you deposit answers upon every person that's here, Lord, I pray. Let them have the strength to better stand and to better stand and to better stand and to move into the promises you have for us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Now, if you don't know God and some of the stuff you might be saying, what does all this mean? Can I encourage us all? And let's do what, what? Let's do this this morning. Can we all close our eyes? And can we all, every single one of us, say, Lord Jesus, I give my life over to you. I give you my expectations. I give you my fears. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would lead and guide me I ask most of all that you'd forgive me of my sins and allow me to have a right relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you, didn't, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you haven't got a Bible, we've got Bibles out the back. We'd love to give you a Bible and we'd love someone to speak to you about what this all means to deliver a life of faith in Christ. I pray that each and every one of you will personally, personally have such an intimate relationship with your God, that no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances come, the endurance and the pain might come, but your relationship is so strong that you will stand above all that you will stand and you'll press into all that God has for you. In Jesus' name.